and welcome to another Project Artcast. Today we have our guest, Benito Garcia, who does creature makeup and various other violent types of makeup-ish. Special no. effects makeup, Special we effects. like to call it. See, that's what I was going for. <laughs> special effects, that's right. So... Tell me a little bit about yourself and your special effects makeup. Uh, let's see. I'm part owner of a company called Wetwork Special Effects Studios, and it came together probably two years ago or so. Of course, I've been making you know monsters and silly things since I was 12 or 13 years old with my with my friends, and back that was back in the day when you had a VCR or a, a camcorder that took a VCR tape, a VHS tape. Whoa. So that shows you how old I am. And uh, no editing software, so you had to start and hit the pause button and try to figure out how to edit in the camera but anyway so yeah and did you have any did you have film school as well or did you mostly no I was to figure this out no I was the art major in college and yeah. you know so that helped out a little bit I mean basically we're painting on the skin whether mm -hmm. it's with you know makeup or paint or and gluing things to people's faces what was the draw to the special effects makeup it really kind of started when I was I was a latchkey kid and uh there was a video store that I would pass on my way home from school and also a bookstore, which kind of ties in too. But I would go to the video store to find myself something to watch, you know, in the evenings or whatever. And I always kind of leaned towards or, or was drawn towards the scary movies or the horror movies and mm -hmm. things like that. And so, you know, kind of got into that and enjoyed monster movies and slashers and Friday the 13th and things like that. And then also on the way home, I would stop by the bookstore and looked through the magazine sections, just trying to kill time before I got home, and ran across a magazine. It was called Fangoria. And uh, Fangoria. Fangoria was really just all the behind-the-scenes stuff of all these great movies that I was watching at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, cool, I didn't know that's how they did this, and that's how they do that. And, you know, I got to have favorite special effects artists that I like to read about. And so it just kind of, you know, just kind of came from that. Mm -hmm. And did you just start practicing you know getting a few supplies here and there yeah. and just work your way through mm -hmm. or any formal training no formal training whatsoever just a lot of friends let me glue things to them and <laughs> put fake blood on them but yeah halloween was always cool i came from a really small town so there was obviously no you know nowhere to get makeup or mm -hmm. you know to the to the type of makeup that i needed you know I'd stock up on tubes of fake blood and fake skin and we would buy halloween masks and cut them all up and gloom to our faces and my mom was a avon lady okay for a short time and so she had this gigantic bag full of makeup samples and so i would go in there and steal a lot of her makeup and her <laughs> lipsticks that were red that i could make it look like blood or whatever i needed to do and mm -hmm. so i mean my friends running around with avon makeup all over our faces right and on. made funny little movies that's <laughs> awesome do you still uh, work with the people that you grew up with to some degree, or did you all branch off? And no, they don't. The town was so small that everybody, you know, went their own way, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, we made those movies. and We had a good time. We also skated too. I mean, we were skateboard enthusiasts, <laughs> and uh, so we'd make. You know, at the time it was in the mid to almost the late '80s, so there was a lot of ninja movies out at the time mm -hmm. too that were getting big, like American Ninja and. Things I remember like that. all those. Yeah. So we would make skateboarding ninja slasher films. Awesome. <laughs> so that just incorporate great. everything we were totally into. But then get back to what you said. We all kind of split up and mm -hmm. you know, everybody went their own way. And I didn't really mess around with makeup too much more. I concentrated on my on my art and uh, working towards a commercial art degree and things like that. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up in Nebraska? I did. I grew up in McCook, Nebraska. 
It's about four hours from here. Yes, it is. I've heard of it. <laughs> but oh, I don't think all. I've ever been there. It's a cool little town. Been to a lot of little towns, but not mm-hmm. that one. It's about an hour and 20 minutes from Colorado and about 15 minutes from Kansas. So huh. kind of tells you where it's at in the corner. My there. neighbors growing up had a farm in McCook. Oh, who's your neighbors? Their last name is Kellenbeck. I don't know what the farm, mm. I don't know which side of the family it was that they had. It was like her parents' farm or whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was them. So hmm. It doesn't sound familiar, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's, I don't. It is pretty small, but a lot of, I don't know if they spend a lot Spread of time out. in town or yeah. do anything there. They may, yeah, so. maybe not. Come to the Walmart hmm. once a week or maybe I don't know if there was a Walmart back in the yeah, it may 80s. not have been. <laughs> when we had did an Walmart Alco. come to exist? I don't even know. Walmart's been around for a while. Taking over the world. Not in McCook, Nebraska. They got one yeah. everywhere now. Well, now yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a Safeway and a Hinky Dinky and an Alco. Oh, and if I you couldn't get those. it there, then you're just yeah, so well. You better take a road trip somewhere that has it. <laughs> Get in your car and go. Did you also go to university in Nebraska then? No, I went to McCook Community College. Okay. So I just never, it took me a long time to get out of that place. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's was, far away was, from everything. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask when you moved to Omaha. That's, yeah, that's kind of a long story too. I was working at a telemarketing company as a slacker and uh, <laughs> they moved me up to a manager for, I'm not sure why, but they gave me a shift where I could manage. Slackers always get promoted. I know, I felt <laughs> The least slackery of the slackers. I am the definition of do nothing and make your way through life pretty successfully. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so they gave me that as a, a position as a manager. And I did that for two or three years fairly successfully. And they were going to close that call center. It was Cytel. I think Cytel oh, yeah, is based out of here. Yeah. Anyway, they were going to close that particular Cytel in McCook. They gave me some positions in different places, like Las Vegas was one, Corpus Christi was one, um, and Huntington, West Virginia was one. And that would have been, gosh, 10, 10 or 11 years ago. So I just kind of looked some places up on the internet and tried to figure out where it looked like it'd be a fun place to go. And West Virginia looked beautiful, and, and, and the website, they really promoted their town very well, which was a lot different than when I got there. <laughs> crack central that's a wow. that's a crazy drug town for sure so huh. if you're from huntington good luck and so i worked at Cytel there for a while still as a absolute slacker and uh i was living in an apartment complex which was literally just a, a big house they turned into three i shouldn't say a complex three apartments and while i was living there our upstairs neighbor caught their apartment on fire and completely gutted their apartment, like literally gutted it to just char. But nothing happened to our apartment downstairs, which was really strange. Wow. But anyway, um, I worked a night shift, so I'd get home at maybe 2.30 or 3 in the morning. And uh, so here comes 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and they're banging away upstairs, gutting the place and, and trying to remodel it. So I went up there in my underwear one day, and I was like, you guys are killing me. I was like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you finish this project just so we can get this done so I can get back to getting some sleep. And so, you know, I'd get up every morning help him. Long story short, a dentist owned the apartment because it happened to be right next to a dentist office. And he's like, wow, you're pretty good with a hammer and paint and this and that. And he's like, I have an opening in my dental lab. So he said, would you like to, you know, maybe give that a shot? So I would work at the dental lab in the morning and Cytel in the evening and... Um, my kids who were still living in Nebraska at the time after I'd been transferred, they, uh, I just kept getting, you know, talks all the time and messages and letters like, dad, we miss you so much. You need to get back. And so I was able to transfer back here to Omaha, you know, and, cause I needed to make a certain amount of money to pay bills and take care of my kids and, and whatnot. And you couldn't do that back home in McCook. But anyway, so that brought me at least back to here. 
then I've been here now six, seven years. Cool. Long story to, <laughs> long way around to tell you. <laughs> I got to Omaha. But you like it? I love Omaha. Do you feel it helps with you? I mean, do you feel that you have a lot of opportunity with your Yes, I do. Omaha is amazing as far as that goes. You know, and it, and it covers everything from photography to, you know, uh, painters to, I mean, any any genre of art out there, including filmmaking and, mm-hmm. and, and fashion. And it's amazing. This, I, I couldn't be more happy living anywhere else, I don't think, than, than here. Yeah. I love it. Go Omaha. I know. It's awesome <laughs> here. Are you, uh, any current projects you're working on that you can talk about? Uh, let's see. We just wrapped... Last weekend we wrapped a movie called, uh, let's see, I'm wondering if this is the real title or the working title. It was called Demontic, or Demon Dolls. That's what it was called. Demon Dolls. Yeah, it was It was literally about a, a possessed doll that ran around killing people with nice. a big knife. <laughs> well, big knife to him because he's a doll. It actually turned out to be a snake knife. But <laughs> but uh, that was, we just wrapped that one up. This summer we were very, 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 very busy, but with this being Nebraska, as things cool down and get mm-hmm. and get a little colder and, and the snow's starting to come, a lot of the film projects shut down, which is good for us because we need that break. Uh, let's see, getting ready for Crypticon coming up next weekend. You know, it's a big, uh, I think it's a, it started out as an anime con, but it's kind of turned into a uh, pop culture type thing. Mm-hmm. So we have some things that we're working on for that, right some on. props and, and things. So you created the little killer doll? Did you create it? I didn't. It oh. was an eBay doll. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. But huh. uh, I got called in to act on that one. Uh, they were shorthand with the flu or whatever has been going around mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks. They'd lost some actors. and I've done a little bit of acting here and there, and so he knew that. The director gave me a call and, and said, you know, can you fill in? You know, we're just oh. going to kill you pretty quick in the movie, so... <laughs> Cannon fodder. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was fun. I got a steak nice. knife to the back. And I got to puke blood all over my girlfriend's face. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it, love that. It was a mess. I, <laughs> what a, the doll, we were making out on a bed and the doll snuck up on my back. Apparently, I didn't, I didn't feel it crawling on me. <laughs> Plunged the steak knife into my back. You were busy. <laughs> I guess, right? And the idea was the director said, um, okay, what you're going to do is, you know, you're going to lift your head and react to getting stabbed. And then I want you to cough some blood into your girlfriend's face. <laughs> so I said, okay. And I always, I, I know it's funny, right? Even right now, I have a bucket of blood in my car. So I said, I have oh, some sweet. blood. I said, I have, actually have some mouth blood in my car right now. I go, said, do you want me to go get it? He's like, oh, yeah, go get it. It'll be awesome. So I think they had like Hershey syrup and food coloring blood, which, you know, works well. But this stuff that we have is, is a, a fairly professional grade of blood. Hmm. Anyway, so my girlfriend was laying on the bed and I was on top of her and and I'd had it in a uh, soda bottle, and I'm just chugging it. I'm putting as much in my mouth as I possibly can because we get one, we get one take at the shot. And I can see her face; her eyes are getting bigger. Like, oh my god, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> so it's almost to the point my cheeks are puffed out, and I know that's not gonna work. So I spit just enough in where my cheeks were flat. We act like we're making out. He says action. We act like we're making out, and I do my thing. I put my head back like I got stabbed, and I just let out this huge cough, which completely enveloped her face. <laughs> In blood, it splatted off of her face, and it went on two walls. <laughs> and as I looked down, you couldn't see her eyes; they were completely full oh. of blood. And she opened her mouth to react to that, and more blood came out of my mouth into her mouth. <laughs> it was fantastic. Awesome. It was so good. And it was the director's bed we were shooting on, and we're like, and I told him, I said, we might get a little bit of blood on your pillowcase. I said, but you know, just throw it in the washer; you'll be fine. His bed was completely covered. His pillow was wasted. 
It was great. It was a good time. <laughs> nice. I'm in the wrong business. I've, I've done a little fun. bit of work with fake blood, like the stuff you can get at um, Anglesons. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize just exactly how non-permanent it is on your skin, but totally permanent in anything it touches. Yeah, yeah right. Like, you have to make your own load of, of just bloody stuff because yeah. you definitely don't want to mix with your regular clothes or your towels or your underwear. Yeah, yeah. Everything will be pink. Most, I, yeah. I have a Mexican... It's not a Mexican laundromat, but a lot of Mexicans go to this particular laundromat by my house. And so I'll take laundry baskets full of just blood-drenched towels and clothes. And I purposely run in there really quick and throw my basket out and throw the clothes in really quick like I'm trying to make make it so nobody sees me. And it causes the biggest scene and then I run out the door. I don't know if that's creepier or the guy who sits there and slowly does his laundry. Yeah, right. With the blood all over it? Yeah, yeah. of course. Hmm, that might be better. I'll have to think about that one. Yeah, just different, just, you know, <laughs> smell it. Maybe change Hold it, it up to the light a little blood. bit. <laughs> Check out the, the stains. I oh, could add, like some, art. add some teeth and hair. I could pick chunks off of them. There you go. <laughs> wow. So when did you start Wetworks? Wetworks has been around about two years, two and a half years or so. And we were doing things like just zombie walks and just things for fun. You know, whoever I was dating at the time, I would put them in a chair and slap zombie makeup on them. We'd go and we'd go walk around. And so that kind of led into a cut that kind of led into a music video because somebody was at a zombie walk and said, hey, you know, zombies have been a big thing for I mean, they've been around forever, but they've really kind of taken off, obviously, over the last few years. And this band was like, oh, we want to make a zombie music video. So they were scouting zombies at a zombie walk. Mm hmm. That led to that, and that led to something else, and you know, then we started doing feature films and things. Is there a lot of feature films being made in a in a There while? are tons. Yeah. You know, now obviously there's a lot of them being made that I'm not aware of because you know we don't do, you know, romantic comedies or yeah. or serious things that have a message. You kind of have your your you're in <laughs> a certain genre. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> am, and uh, and horror movies are quick and easy to make, you know, and they're fun, and everybody gets to you know gets to to make a movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've shot, I think this summer we probably worked on three or four features. And I want to say we probably did at least that many short films, I would imagine. Is there a big, uh, is there like a lot of competition in Omaha for you? Or I mean, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. There are, there's some really good makeup artists out there too. I, I've, I was on Facebook today. My whole life is based on Facebook and not because I'm a loser, but because <laughs> word of mouth gets out on what That's we right. do that way. And then I can follow some of the, I can stock other makeup artists and well, yeah you know without without them knowing it <laughs> and uh there's some really good makeup artists out there uh but the as far as getting into the level of detail that we get into or, or the very specific things people ask for there's us and maybe one or two other other companies um so you stay it, busy we do stay busy and there's a huge rivalry between <laughs> of course oh my god and i i'm just i jump in it with both feet and i mm-hmm. perpetrate as much as i as I defend myself and we just go at it with each other. Do you only do like human makeup or do you do also props and whatnot for mm. other stuff? Yeah. Props are a big part of it too. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And not just, and, and sometimes it's a very specific prop that that doesn't exist. So, you know, the filmmaker says, I need this to look just like this, or I need a, I need a, an ax that has a machine gun, you know, glued to the handle with a, <laughs> with a mace that, so, you know, there's things like that we make, but then there's also, you know, Props can also even just be a knife, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether it's a, whether we've cast a plastic knife or a rubber knife or, you know, if, uh, if a particular person needs stabbed and there's cutaways and reactions, they'll, uh, we may have four of the exact same knives, the blades are just cut down different lengths. So, 
you know, it's in and then it's in and it's in as, as you cut back and forth and you replace it with knives. Or, you know, even knives have to be tubed, you know, with blood tubing so that, you know, when they get stabbed and somebody's off camera shooting, shooting blood through the tube. And so, yeah, props are, are fun. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you do like full monsters or anything like that? Or is it mostly just slasher stuff? <sighs> Let's see. We, we've gotten a little bit of call for some creature stuff. No, we haven't done any creature suits from head to toe. You know, no, not that, not that we can't and not that people don't want them. But when you start putting price lists together, you start estimating things. You know, a, a full creature suit could run, you know, anywhere from, gosh, I don't know, just guessing. But it could run anywhere from 3000 to, to $6,000, $7,000 for a creature suit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's eating up probably, that's eating up probably 90% of, of their budget. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet. Now, do you... uh do you research online? I mean, pretty simply for your stuff, or are there places that you can to, to to figure out how to make your different props or your different costumes? Yeah, I mean, you you do a lot of things with reference photos, but then you know that's what you, that's what you get, mm-hmm. and then you've got to figure out how, how to am make I the make blood throw. Yeah, I mean, and there's times too, and I have to hand it to my girlfriend where we'll I'll say, you know, let's let's run to the hardware store real quick. I just need to look around, and I'll just literally walk up and down every aisle. And open every drawer and every everything just to, as a mental note for later if something comes up. I'm like, oh yeah, I can remember. I can you know go grab this little piece of plastic L shaped thing at this store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or even if we go to Walmart, I'll run over to the plumbing department or or something like that and just kind of walk around and see what could be something mm-hmm. later on. I did that with a lot of my other projects where I'm always just looking around for just in case. Mm-hmm. So. so have you uh, done a lot of? I mean. I know you said you started out in like commercial art or I mean, did you ever do any like fine art or did you just go into the creature stuff? No, well, not really. Like, I mean, everybody tells you as an artist as you're going through school that you'll never make a penny at it. And it's really true unless you do freelance stuff. And and I did, I did some t-shirt designs and, you know, then people would come up and say, hey, I want to get a tattoo. Can you draw a tattoo for me? Or, you know, just a little bit here and a little bit there. And uh, my brother owned a tattoo shop as just as I was finishing school. And he said, hey, he's like, you know, that's a good way to make money as an artist. He's like, you'll probably make the most money the quickest that way. Mm-hmm. So he said, come down, I'll show you a few things. And so, you know, I apprenticed under him for a little while. And then when I moved to West Virginia, I had a little bit of apprenticing under my belt. So I went into a tattoo shop there, which there are several. And uh, he's like, oh, that stuff's, you know, your stuff's pretty decent if you want to apprentice here for a little while. You know, the, the owner's like, I'd be glad to, to do that. So I did that for a while. And within six months or so, they gave me a stall. And uh, I tattooed for almost 10 years. So as far as practic- doing something practical with, with art, it was tattooing. Tattooing. Cool. And it is good money. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's yeah. amazing. You get kind of burned out on butterflies and unicorns. And <laughs> were you, a, were you yeah. a flash or were you, did you do custom? No, that's what's cool is the, uh, the shop that I, my brother was a, was a flash artist. And then the shop I went to in West Virginia, um, no flash, all nice. custom. Nice. There was not one piece of flash on the wall. So that was fun. I know a few of them do a little bit of their own personal flash type mm-hmm. stuff, but so right yeah, on, nope. custom is definitely the way to go. Yeah, it was a good time. Like you really got to design a lot of things mm-hmm. and quick. Yeah. Like you yeah. had to be, they'd come in and say, I have an idea, you know, like, I want a monkey riding a banana with wings and you're like, okay. And so you have to sketch up. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. It's cool. I liked it. What is flash then? I guess I've never heard the term. It's like pre-made, right? Pre-made. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's when you walk into a tattoo shop and there's tons of, you They've know, got the sh- book and sheets of mm-hmm. paper. Yeah. Or the, the panels that you flip like a giant book and pick something out. And some of them come up with their own flash. Some of them just use your clip art flash from wherever mm-hmm. it's and then they put put a temporary tattoo and just do over the top and they, it's a stencil it's yeah. pretty but, close yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty close so. 
Okay. It's it's the outline anyway. And then they color it in. And, yeah. There's a few freehand tattoo artists out there that are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. I had to put mine on paper first, and I just I just did not have the confidence to go into somebody's skin and. You know, draw with a red or yellow Sharpie and like, here we go. We did that with a, I, I have a, a leg piece that it was a whole lot of like hours of freehanding trying to figure mm-hmm. out exactly how we're designing it as it goes on the leg and then finally get to that point and then lay it down and then come back two weeks later and mm-hmm. start it again and just oh, keep, wow. yeah, it was a lot of work, but there wasn't any way to do it without yeah by stencils. It was just too much, but yeah, sometimes you just don't have a choice based yeah. on where it is. Because I'm always the one going, can I have something? I want this one. I want it invisible. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so demanding. It do is you, a piece of art that's going to be on your body for your whole life. I'm aware. So you should be demanding. Yes. Do, right. you, uh, do you still do tattoos at all? Or are you pretty much just doing the special effects? Yeah, I, uh, I stopped tattooing almost, I'd say, nine months to a year ago. Okay. It just got to be too much. I couldn't do both because I work a full-time job. Yeah. You know, during the day and then, you know, I would try to work on movie stuff during the week and then I'm also trying to design a tattoo for, and I could do anywhere from, you know, four to five on the weekend if I wasn't filming. And, and that's oof. a lot of hours of work trying to come up with each individual new thing. Yeah, yeah it just got to be too much mm-hmm. and I was ready to hang up my, you know, my machine mm-hmm. at that point anyway, so. Cool. You have a lot of tattoos yourself. Do this like get them from your buddies or? I do have a few. Not well. You know, a lot of them are on myself, which is one of the worst ways to learn how to do a tattoo. But <laughs> you do them to yourself. Yeah, also. but working in a tattoo shop also, if it's slow, you know, a yeah. tattoo artist, whoever's working that day, may have a really cool thing that they drew, and nobody, nobody's buying it or nobody's coming in to get it. Like throw they're it like, on me. Yeah, they're like, hey, can I give you this tattoo? I'm like, well, yeah, I got a hole here. Go ahead and fill it in. Which I have so many tattoos that mean literally nothing. There's no story behind it no it's just taking up space you're just a, a design huh? kind of pretty much <laughs> okay so uh you have wetworks uh your your company and can you tell me a little bit about that and your partner yes uh we started wetworks about two years ago and some change uh my partner was shooting a music video and had got a hold of me she we didn't know each other really from adam she just knew that i did some makeup effects and she sent me a message or a, an email that said, we're shooting a music video for zombies. Um, might be cool if you got in on this. Here's the guy that's in charge of it. Why don't you email him and, and see if he'll bring you on board? So I did. And he's like, yeah, cool. Just bring down your kit and we'll do some zombie. They were, <laughs> it was a rock band. So, of course, it was all zombie girls in bikinis. Awesome. Type thing, of course. So. Of course it was. And so anyway, I went down and we had a great time that day. And I met Candace. Uh, Candace is my uh, partner at wetworks now um at the time though i think we were going to call it um it's candace mass we were going to call it um dead kitten special effects oh that's so cute and (laughs) the only reason we're gonna call it that is because i saw a picture of president bush eating a kitten wow like a photoshop thing and i was like oh that'll be a great logo for our we'll just call it dead kitten and so we were dead kitten for a while we hadn't really gotten any gigs yet i don't think yet but um but anyway, so we, I'm sorry, let, let me digress, go back. So we did the music video, and um, again, a, another filmmaker got a hold of me, and he said, hey, I'm going to do this, you know, 12-minute short film, and it's tons of gory special effects, and I need demons, and I need, like, demon teeth and hands, and we're chopping people's heads off and cutting eyeballs out, and he was, and so he said, can you do that? And of course, that would have been our really our first thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, of course we could do that, no big deal. And normally I'm working with toilet paper and latex. I hadn't really got into the really high-end stuff yet. 
not I, I obviously knew those things existed and I knew we weren't gonna do toilet paper and latex demons, but I was like, Oh yeah, no problem. And he said, Well come to my house, let's have a meeting. I went to his house and we start talking about things. And he needs uh, decapitation with a machete and he needs, you know, the guy getting stabbed in the eyeball and he needs a tattoo cut off of somebody's skin. I'm like, Oh yeah, we can do that, no problem. We'll cast their head and you know, I'll make it out of this and you know, all this stuff. And he's like, These are on screen kills, the your prop heads have got to look exactly like the actors like they have got to be 100 percent to sell this film i'm like no problem i got it we can do this you know do this kind of stuff all the time and i go home and i'm like how in the hell i have never made a fake head that had to look like somebody before so i remember candace from um the the zombie thing mm -hmm. and uh i knew i needed help and so i sent her a message i said hey i'm thinking about starting the special effects company and i've got uh, a short film they want me to do and i said how would you like to come aboard we'll call the thing i i think we might we might have still been dead kitten but anyway I said well you know we'll call it wet works we'll call it whatever and why don't you come aboard and see if we can make this short film for these guys so she was all excited too and of course she had no idea how to do any of that stuff either like we had no clue how we're going to make this movie because i don't know how to make a fake head that looks like a real person and punch hair in one at a time and the one guy had a beard and he had tattoos all over his stomach and we had to make fake skin and fake muscle under that and it had to be able to we had to tube it and it had to be able to be cut with a knife and the guy had to hold up the tattoo at the end and so we just scrambled we just we were practicing constantly and we got a pretty decent paycheck out of the thing in the beginning they said here's some money go buy all the equipment you need and start building and so i don't know how many nights we were up late just watching tutorials and trying to learn how to use these products and luckily the company we went through uh, they had a lot of tutorials on how to use their product so I think for that particular film or that short film, we did one, two, we might have did three head casts, which all needed hair and they needed, you know, one guy wouldn't shave. So now we have to figure out, I don't know how to make a real hair, you know, beard, two day growth beard. So we had to figure those things out. And um, Luckily, there was some books out at the time that Tom Savini had put out. And one of the gags was the guy is strapped to the table. And one of the hillbilly killers has this gigantic Rambo knife. And the scene was he had to stick it in his eye and stick it and just keep going. The knife had to keep going down into the into the eye. But the director also wanted the actor to have motion. He wanted his arms to move and be able to flail around like it's in pain. So what we did was, and I figured out from reading the book, was it was a flat table. Um, and we cut a hole out for the actor's head. So he laid on the table and put his head down inside this hole so his head was under the table his body was on top and we were able to attach this um fake head to you know his chest and shoulders and we could do anything we wanted to it at that mm -hmm. point and uh so that worked out that worked out fantastically we almost again we almost drowned him he's laying under there and we've got tubes to the knife and there's a tube in the head so when the knife goes in there it's just gallons of blood are coming out of this eyeball well the blood has nowhere to go except for the hole in the table <laughs> oh man which is this poor guy hanging upside down so <laughs> Blood was going up his nose and in his no mouth. idea mouth. acting and was so dangerous. Oh, I know it. <laughs> but anyway, without Candace, I this thing would have never taken off, and and I absolutely would have been lost on this first film. I mean, I probably could have pulled it together, but having someone there to bounce things off of and be mm -hmm. there for testing. And there was one we had to do a throat gag where we had to slice someone's throat, and so um, we just. We packed the the excuse me the director wanted to be there and the producers wanted to be there. We had to bring in the actor. We had probably five or six people from our crew there, with all these two. Oh, 
what it was was it was a neck slice, but there's so many of those in film. I asked him, I said, can we do something maybe a little different than just a neck slice? You know, let's try to figure something out. So we went back before we shot it. We went back home and talked about it. And we decided, what if we cut her throat, you know, and she's gyrating and blood's coming out and she's gasping for air. What if, what if the trauma of the whole thing made her vomit also? So maybe we could have vomit come out of her neck hole. That might be kind of cool. So then we're like, yeah, that's great. The director's like, that's an amazing idea. So now we're like, oh, crap. How are we going to make vomit come out of the hole and blood? So we had to design uh, a whole tubing system with, with different rigs. One had vomit, one had blood. One had air because we wanted to. That's right. We had three tubes because we wanted air also to kind of the gurgle. bubbles. Oh, my God. So this poor girl's laying there. We have all these flat tubes hidden underneath the skin. And uh, the actor that came in to, to do the practice knife slash brought his daughter so we put her on the table and he cut her daughter's throat and so this whole thing's on film as a practice and i asked him later i was like how weird was that how surreal because it looks so real it was mm-hmm. amazing how well it worked out and he's like no he's like that was awesome it was great and he went back and watched it then not i mean when he did it he knew he saw the tubes and all the people mm-hmm. in the room and you know all the uh the everything behind the scenes and then he went home and watched what we had only filmed just him and her you know of the scene with everything hidden and he was like he's like that kind of affected me after i went back and watched it he's without like, all the t- yeah yeah he's like i don't know if i really liked it as well as i thought i did when i was there <laughs> yeah that would be creepy yeah so but anyway and candace was a big part of that she built the neck for it and like i said the tattoo scene where things had to be built her uh her husband went through hours and hours of torture of you know gluing on these muscle prosthetics and then skin over that while she tested different things mm-hmm. so she was a huge part of that and she's been a huge part of it ever since. Excellent. Yeah. So, do you make all of your own effects, makeup wise, or are there some stuff you have to outsource and mix and? Um. Yeah. Generally, we make everything from the ground up. You know, most of the chemicals and things that we get in are you know two part, three part, four part. You mix them together, and you know you you, you sculpt things out of clay, and then you mold them, and then you you know you use your compounds to you know pour these things up, and now you have a fake arm or. Or something like that. Um, we don't outsource almost never, but we were working on a film. Uh, it was called Cheerleader Camp to the Death. And it was just completely laden with special effects. And so we're trying to build you know, certain props and gags and things and, and make gallons and gallons of blood. And I had a price list of you know, what things were going to cost to have done. So I know how much I had to spend on a bear trap. And so my, my thought was, I'll just order a bear trap. No big deal. We'll just cut the springs and we'll take the tension out and nobody will actually get hurt. And I started pricing bear traps and they're very, 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 very expensive. Not nearly the $250 that I had budgeted for a bear trap. How much is a bear trap? Oh my gosh. They're like anywhere for a big, they wanted a big bear trap and it was probably anywhere from $600 to $800 without shipping. And this is a big chunk of iron. So shipping probably was another hundred bucks. And uh, there's a a girl in Lincoln that uh, she does, uh, she does some props. That I've seen on other films, and and so she's a, you know, a professional prop builder, and so I contacted her and I said, listen, I need a bear trap, and I said it's got to look gnarly and have big teeth on it. it. Doesn't have to work as in springing clothes, but it needs to look, you know, like a real bear trap. And I said all I have is two hundred fifty bucks, and I said if you want to make it out of foam or wood, I don't care what to make it out of. That's fine. Just, you know, it's, it's going to have some screen time, so it's got to look real. And she jumped at it. She was very excited for the $250 to make a bear trap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, awesome, go for it. I'll send you a check. You send me pictures as it comes along. And uh, so I get this bear trap, and it's literally made out of that pink foam that you put on the outside of your house mm-hmm. when you're building. And so I get it, and it weighs literally 
if it weighed a pound, that's all it weighed. And there was a, a log chain on it, which weighed more than the entire trap. And the log chain was maybe only eight inches long. So I'm looking at this and it's completely surreal because you're holding a, it looks real. She painted it black and put rust on it and, and just all these things. But it's just, it was so strange to hold a one pound bear trap that was this gigantic <laughs> gnarly thing with two big arms that swing shut. But uh, that's probably the only thing I think we ever outsourced. And okay. it was just literally because I ran out of time. Yeah. But it looked amazing. And on screen, it looked even better. It was fantastic. Movie magic. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. It, it, when you work in this industry, it absolutely ruins. Yeah. It ruins every movie you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure. Do you want to share some secrets about blood then? Oh, wow. I have a random question. Is there different recipes for different types of blood? There are. There are literally tons and tons of recipes. And if you go on YouTube, you can actually, you know, research a lot of different blood recipes. And a lot of them have to do with things that you can buy at the grocery mm -hmm. store. And I think that's because, you know, one for trying to get it out of your clothes and off your skin. And other things like it could get in your eyes, or your mouth. So a lot of things are done naturally. Mm -hmm. um, we actually order a blood uh, powder concentrate. And it comes in a little container. I don't know how to explain the size of it. Like maybe uh, like chicken or beef bouillon cubes, you know, a little container like that. I don't know why I'm associating it with that. <laughs> that just <laughs> popped in my head. Anyway, enough powder comes in that you can make about seven gallons. Okay. And it's a really nice deep dark red. So you use water and you use uh, clear corn syrup. And um, so you can just make tons of it and just throw it everywhere. But... <laughs> In certain scenes or certain situations, you need blood to do certain things. And a lot of what you need it to do is stay in place. Because you're shooting over and over and over. And there's always things with uh, continuity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, blood is a big thing that, that you don't want to be fighting all day long and trying to get it to match and get it to run the same direction on someone's face take after take. So there's some additives and things that you can that you can put in. To, to, it's called sticky blood. And a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the corn syrup and things like okay. that. But then it dries and it dries to the skin or dries to the little hairs on your face or your skin wow. or your clothes. And by the time you're done shooting 12 hours in sticky blood, you're pretty, pretty freaking miserable. I'm sure. Because <laughs> I know the stuff that you buy in the store, as it, it, when it's going down, it looks super real and it's good and dark and it flows nice and slow. But then it dries and then it starts to flake off. And mm -hmm. then you just have the stain of red and all this weird flaky mm -hmm. bits. Yeah. And then it gets on your clothes and that mm -hmm. stuff turns, tends to turn pink. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. We've put a lot of time and a lot of research into into the blood that we make mm -hmm. and, and making sure that it keeps that deep dark red and it, it doesn't turn pink or and there's things too, like um like a lot of problems that you'll have with blood when you're when you're putting on someone's skin is their skin is oily anyway. So what your blood wants to do is beat up. But if you've ever cut yourself, you obviously you realize the blood, you know, flows down your skin or sheets sheets nicely. So um there's different things that you can get at uh, photo developing stores, mm -hmm. photo agents that what it does is it breaks down the surface area of a liquid. So instead of it being a, a bead or a ball, it breaks down that surface tension and flattens it out. So you can get your blood to flow as a nice big sheet or sheets nice. and things like yeah. that. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm not, to, I'm not telling you the name of this stuff, but you can <laughs> harder, get it. <laughs> harder to get now that, that film is, is it getting harder to get or is it still pretty? No, it's, oh, it's they've they been, use yeah, it enough for everything years else. And years, yeah. It's been around for decades. Yeah. I just wasn't sure secret. if it's, uh, if the, they, because it was a photo thing. I mean, I'm assuming that's because of other applications. Might oh, be, right. They might not use them so much. Well, and the other thing too is, you know, anything that'll do that. So I've, there's been times I went to get, you know, a, a pint of that stuff and they were out. And so we can replace it with uh, Calgon Take Me Away mm -hmm. bath soap or whatever. That does almost the same thing. You know, it breaks down the surface tension of water. And 
So you can it, that stuff tastes terrible if it gets in your I'm mouth. Sure. Or, or you get diarrhea for a, a week if you swallow any of it. <laughs> we almost drowned a, a drowned a girl because of that one time. Oh too. man, I have such great stories. <laughs> Is there different blood recipes for the different type? Like if it's like arterial blood versus, you know, a, a surface wound and how your blood has different colors. Do you guys even go so far as to do that? Or is blood, depending on whether or not you want it to splatter or, or, or drip or whatever, is it just... Kind of how it runs is what we concentrate a lot on. But also what we think about when we're shooting something is daytime blood or nighttime blood. Okay. Not so much where it comes out of your mm -hmm. body, but what's it going to look like if it's dark out or if it's, okay. if it's bright, yeah. you know, bright outside that particular day. Black and white movies that they used to use chocolate syrup. It, yeah, the blood was black generally. Yeah. yeah. Any other? I mean, blood is your main agent. I would say in a lot of stuff. Oh, I mean, any yeah. other? What I'm would be the so next biggest thing you would have to use a lot of? Or is it probably? I it, and it doesn't translate necessarily onto film, but clay. Okay. We put so much money into clay because of sculpting things, and you know, even if I'm going to do a cut on somebody's face or their arm, I have to sculpt that first. Mm -hmm. Then I have to mold it, and then I have to run it out of a particular material. So, I just just recently talked to a good friend of mine, and we were talking about clay, which is the boring things that special effects. <laughs> what you do? <laughs> talk about. We talk about clay. He asked me how much clay I go through, and I told him, and he's like, "Hey," he said, "You know, you can wash your clay." Because it gets plaster in it and whatever mm -hmm. things that you work on it. It's literally just cooking it in a crock pot and then you pour it through a, a fan Filter. or not a fan, a, a screen. Really? And then you can just use it again? Just reuse it Fabulous. Again. It's like I didn't know uh -huh. that. I've been buying clay by the truckload uh -huh. and he's just reusing the same clay over and over and over. Bonus. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that? Trade secret? <laughs> Tricks of the I trade. I just gave another trade secret. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Giving away all your Man. secrets. What's the uh, your favorite effect that you've done? That's a great question. My favorite effect is we had to do a jaw tear. And what it was is actually removing the entire lower jaw from, from a person. And in the scene, that's actually what leads up to that effect is where we almost killed an actress by drowning her in fake blood. Um, the killer gets her pinned up against a tree, basically, and, and puts her hand on her forehead and then takes her hand, puts it in her mouth, and gets a hold of her lower jaw. And the shot called for a nice slow, you know, pull in that entire jaw, teeth, tongue, you know, jaw bones, <laughs> the stretchy bits, and everything had to come off in this nice long one shot. And uh, so that was a that was a good time. We had to actually we cast the entire head. Uh, I have one of the people on my team, or actually the the other owner. She's great about hair. Like if if we have to match somebody's hair, she's she knows where to go and what to do. And and so we had to go out and get an actual. Uh, wig that matched the hair perfectly and she braided it to match the actors perfectly and uh, anyway so we did this head cast and we and then we ended up uh, pouring that in a, a fake skin and underneath that was uh, a foam to give it some density and then we had to go in after that and cut her we cut her jaw off of the the uh, prop after it was built we went out and got a uh, we went out and got a skeleton or a skull so that we would have a jawbone mm -hmm. with teeth that had to be replaced back into the prop and then we had to build a chin to go over the top of that and all that had to be blended back into her face where her cheeks meet down into her neck. We had to build a tongue that went inside of there. And then on the back side of the head, there was just tons of tubes, probably, I don't know, four to six tubes running through the back of the head that you never see that that came through in key places that, where the jaw would disconnect and then through the throat and we had to add all the stretchy bits. And literally that scene is probably... 
maybe 20 seconds. It doesn't yeah. seem like a lot, yeah. but on, on film, 20 seconds is somebody getting their jaw torn off and all that goes along with it is probably more than most people would handle anyway. <laughs> yeah, that seems like plenty But of time. it took weeks, weeks and I weeks bet. and weeks to build this particular gag, but it came off flawlessly. Trial and error a lot? Or? Yes, testing is huge. Uh, uh, we do a lot of testing just simply because when you get on set, not just because you get on set, a lot mm -hmm. of these props are very expensive. And so, you know, we can't build three or four of these, you know, and get three or four You've shots. You've got to be able to get it in the first shot. We have to do yeah. it in the first shot. So we're constantly testing. So before everything was put together and, and the jaw was just loose, you know, we practiced pulling it out a zillion times and getting the tubing right. And we get just the stretchy water bits and, right. Yeah, stretchy bits. <laughs> and so, yeah, we do tons and tons of testing. I bet. It's amazing yeah. how much we do. I'm curious to see that scene now. I have it on my phone. I'll show it to you. When awesome. When we're done. Sounds great. It's pretty cool. We do a lot of throat tears, and but that was probably my favorite one, yeah. Just, I think, because the amount of time that went into it. and It's like your masterpiece, right? It really kind of is. <laughs> yeah. It's really kind of one of my favorite ones. And when you do the prop heads, you're you're painting them to look like the actor is or actor. Mm -hmm. oh, so that's what they use in this in mm -hmm. scene. Or they, is there any CGI that ever goes into the movies that you work on that plays together with your props about the only thing that ever gets cgi'd in is just a little teeny bit of extra blood maybe okay. and it's not even that it's running down anybody's face it's usually just like a little spray or something that if we're filming in someone's house we get a lot of locations people are nice and say yeah you mm -hmm. can film my house you know just keep the blood down yeah don't spray all over the place <laughs> yeah so we'll, they'll kick in just a little bit of cg blood to, and do you guys do this some of your own their cgi as well no, or do you no. have another okay no i hate cgi i just want nothing to do with it so someone else can do that crap I yeah touch it <laughs> you don't have to worry about post-production and fix it in post i say that all the time <laughs> i think everybody says that that's right do you want to elaborate on the poor drowning girl oh yeah <laughs> this is the same girl so we had to use a live actress leading up to the scene of of her getting her jaw tore and uh her name's jasmine and she's amazing we've i worked with her i don't know how many times i've killed her on on film and uh <laughs> anyway so the killer gets her pinned up against the tree and the killer it was a female she was wearing a dress and she had on black uh long black uh what do i want to say fingernails even no evening no, gloves gloves oh, dinner okay. gloves whatever like lace gloves or something and uh the gloves actually ran almost almost all the way up to her elbow i think maybe even a little bit past so we were able to hide a tube ran it up the back of her dress uh underneath her armpit and then we were able to fish that tube through the the glove and took it all the way up to the tip of her middle finger and the thought was, because I can't, I can't just get this girl to get a mouthful of blood because it would never even be enough to, to come close. So my thought was, well, we'll just run this tube up to the killer's hand and we'll just pump. And I have a gigantic, uh, um, it's a fire extinguisher. And it runs 150 pounds of pressure when you have it maxed out. <laughs> and, we fill it, and we fill it full of fake blood and we're running through this little tube that runs. And the tubing was probably maybe only 10 feet long. So we weren't losing any pressure that way. But anyway... <laughs> So she gets her hand, it leads up to that scene and cut. And so I go in and I get the girl's hand exactly where I need it. And I have that tube pointed at, at her bottom teeth. Because I'm thinking it'll be really cool if I hit those teeth because we'll get a nice spray and it'll go everywhere. I'm going to use the, the, the force of the teeth. Otherwise, we just get like a little one little dribble maybe that would come out. And then also I thought if some dust squirt in her mouth, she can spit that out. And that'll mm -hmm. be good. All right. So anyway, so we get everything lined up and I'm happy with how it looks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Happy with how it looks. They yell action, and I hit the, and I hit the the trigger on that air compressor or that fire extinguisher. You know, 120 pounds of pressure, maybe. You don't realize how much that is, until someone gets hit in the mouth with it. 
So, <laughs> so the first take, the first take, that girl had moved her finger up past the teeth, so that oh. tube was literally shooting, shooting down her throat, shooting, or it was gonna was pointed directly down her throat. Oh man! And so I hit that trigger, and that was it. Like it went down her throat into her stomach. It's flying out of her mouth everywhere. And the director's like, now make sure you really act like you're dying and this really hurts. <laughs> she was. So she was, nobody knew she was acting because we didn't know she was drowning. Oh, crap. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. Tons of blood. And she had to she had to actually take the girl's hand and pull it away and, and take a step back before the director realized that she's drowning. And, of course, that's why I was talking about the diarrhea. We were using Calgon that particular day. Oh. So we're shooting this, you know, bath soap down her throat plus blood and... So we get her cleaned up and 40 bottles of water later and when she doesn't feel like she's getting waterboarded anymore. So we get her back up against the tree again and we're like, okay, we're just going to continue this shot. So I get everything lined up again for that shot again and I'll be damned if she didn't move her finger again and didn't realize it and we drowned her a second time. Oh, <laughs> so man. by the time the second time's over, she's done. She's just like, I... If you're gonna keep drowning anymore. me, I'm done with this. Yeah. So the third take, finally, I, you know, I it dawned on me then I don't have to pull that trigger all the way. If I lightly pull the trigger, not quite so much blood comes out. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so by the third take, we got it. And it looked really good. Third time's blood. a charm, right? Oh That's man, that poor girl. Oh wow. <laughs> don't move your finger. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Do, do you study finger. forensics to you know, get splatter stuff? That's, or just that's movies? A good question. No, it's good that you said that because um, when I used to live in McCook, uh, when I was in my 20s, probably 22, 23 years old, I joined the fire department. And um, I have lots of brothers. So one of my brothers was a paramedic, and he's like, Yeah, come down to the fire department and I'll get you on as firefighter. And at that point, um, a friend of mine that we were shooting the goofy movies with, his mom uh, taught EMT classes at the mm -hmm. college. And so she'd call us to do these these moulage trainings or these, uh, you know, fake injury trainings for the people that are in class. So, and then she's like, you should take the class. I'm like, okay, cool. So now I'm an EMT. My brother's like, come be a firefighter. So I can do that. And uh, so I did that. And, you know, if you wanted to ride on the ambulance as part of the fire department, you had to work your way to an interior firefighter, you know, not just the pull the hose off the truck guy. You had to go and put fires up. So I did that and worked my way through. And so then I got onto the ambulance. And so I got to see all kinds of just really cool. Well, not yeah, really cool. Really, really cool. <laughs> God, it was awesome. Car wrecks, and bloody people, and arms ripped off, and burnt people, and and so it's kind of like suicide in real world. Yeah, I got to see some. Material, yeah, right? exactly. So I kind of know what things are supposed mm -hmm. to look like. But uh, oh, yeah, that's even better than having to go and <laughs> look through a bunch of old photographs. Of yeah, and it doesn't. And so when I do need to go look at a real gunshot wound on the internet, it doesn't mm -hmm. bother me. Yeah, you know, like maybe it would if I was green and hadn't ever seen anything like that. But wow, so that like kind of trained you for the. The grossness that was ahead of you yeah. in life. <laughs> I saw some crazy, crazy things. Uh-oh. Hmm. And you don't have to answer this. Did you ever <laughs> use any of the things you saw as... Inspiration? Inspiration? I'm trying Directly? To, kind of. Not not that it was an inspiration, but as I worked on something, I would have a flashback or remember something. Be like, yeah, you know, that is kind of what that looked like. I remember, you know, that mm -hmm. guy's leg getting torn off or whatever. I kind of remember that the, it looked like a piece of roast beef that hadn't been cooked yet. And so as, some, as things are working and I think about muscle tissue and mm -hmm. connective tissues and things like that. Now, when you're doing a movie, do you, how much liberty do you get with your props or do they have a pretty specific idea of what they want to see and then you create based on that? Hmm. Or is it, do you get a little bit of liberty? I would say that most of them have an idea. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and what they want to see and what they want things to look like. They, they pretty much trust us to, to come in and say, this is exactly what this would look like. Okay. And what's cool too, is they let us set up shots almost to the point of directing the shots because we have things to hide and, and you know, so if they had a vision of one thing when we get on set, you know, like, well, we can't do it that way mm-hmm. because you're going to see this tube or this wire or this. So, okay. yeah. So they're so. pretty lenient as far as giving us liberty to kind of do what we need to. That's good. Yeah. yeah it's awesome. It helps a lot. Yeah. How about uh, current film inspirations? I mean, who are the old masters of special effects that you follow and keep track of? I grew up with Dick Smith and Rick Baker and Tom Savini. Those guys were pretty much the three icons when I was growing up. Obviously, there's ones from way back, you know, back in the, the black and white and the silent films um, who, in, who you know, inspired those guys. But uh, those were the three that I really followed. Um, Rick Baker's amazing creature creator. Amazing. Tom Savini is definitely the uh, godfather of gore. Uh, Dick Smith was just all the way around everything, like mm-hmm. creature, gore, you know. And the cool thing about Dick Smith was he was always willing to share everything, which I'm not because I'm an asshole. But he would share everything. And so his knowledge and, and, and everything that he was able to do, you know, he was willing to share that with everybody, which, you know, is trickled down even to just me in mm-hmm. Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. So things like that. Current filmmakers now that I really enjoy... I don't know. There's, I don't want to say there's a lot of flash in the pans, but there's a lot that don't stick around, you know, too long. I might enjoy what they did, but then I don't ever see him again. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Roth, he gets a bad rap, but I kind of like his stuff. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have a lot bad to say about that. Um, let's see. One of my favorite filmmakers right now would be, um, oh, shoot, Dusk Till Dawn guy. Just Rodriguez. 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 Yeah, I really dig his stuff, and I like that I like that he does a lot of his own editing, does a lot of CGI mm-hmm. stuff. Um you know, if done right, I dig it. I mean, some of it you can tell he push, pushes it out pretty quick just mm-hmm. to get it done. Like the Lava Boy and was it Lava Boy and Shark Girl? Shark Girl, uh, yeah, like yeah, I saw yeah. those. His stuff, that stuff comes out pretty quick and it looks hokey, <laughs> but it's supposed to. It's kid stuff. But yeah. uh, I do appreciate his level of blood and violence and mm-hmm. gore and goop and monsters and vampires and. Now, does do you know? Does he normally use? I mean, does he use the same special effects people or team? Does he have? Doesn't he yeah. use the guy or, from Don, the, the the zombie movies? Uh, he's in the movie. He's usually in the movie. Tom Savini. Tom Savini. Yeah, yeah. he does use Tom Savini. He uses him as an actor, though. He uses K and B special effects, which is huge. They do all the Walking Dead stuff. Okay. Gosh, I think they. I think I, the last article I read on them that they're. I can't remember seven hundred, a thousand feature films they've worked on, wow. but they do everything. They do the Narnia movies and the. Yeah. Like anything that's From all through this spectrum. Yeah, it's amazing that the things they work on. If anybody gets a minute that's listening to this, to look up K and B and check out their film reel mm-hmm. because it's amazing. So they do everything from just like uh, physical effects to the CGI and all that. They cover all that. I don't know if they have a CGI department. I think they're all practical. If they do do some CGI, I don't think uh, the percentage of that's so low compared to their practical stuff. Okay. I think they turn that over to. Like, I think they do a lot of modeling, too, that may go to a CGI place that gets, you know, digitized or whatever. So they're mostly hands-on. Yeah, I would say a huge percentage of it. Cool. Are there other companies that you can, that are big like that, that, would you want to work for somebody like that, or do you prefer your own, and to eventually be there? I don't know. (laughs) I've had that question come up a time or two, you know, as far as getting big and going to work for a place Mm -hmm. like that. I'm kind of a an egomaniac and, and and the fact there's not a lot of special effects 
teams than Omaha. Mm-hmm. I really feel like a big fish in a small pond, and I really dig that. And I'm just afraid if I get into these big things, I'll get swallowed up, and I'll be the guy that, that has to punch one hair at a time. Right. You know, in a fake head or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you'll go from being the guy that's doing it. Yeah. To and so I kind of like where I'm at. So I think my aspirations are to help local filmmakers make really cool mm-hmm. films and, and help bring to the screen what they want, what they need, and the, the message they're trying to make. Whether the, it's, Yeah. I agree. It's good I to kinda keep like those, it. You're, right now you're the big man on the I totem pole. You don't want to yeah. go <laughs> to the bottom. to start over. <laughs> Dang. Plus Omaha <laughs> needs people that want to stay here and actually yeah, exactly. make what we have mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I dig it here. So I think I, right on. my aspirations, I think, are pretty much where I want to be at mm-hmm. as far as doing what I do. That's good. Do you, um, how do you, how do you market your company? How do you, what works? How do you market it to places that aren't in Omar or have you tried to market it to? It has a lot to do again, like I said, with Facebook. Okay. You know, I'm just a Facebook whore. Again, you know, if I'm an Omega, Eno, <laughs> I can't talk, egomaniac, I'm also, you know, narcissistic and all mm-hmm. those good things that go along with it especially mm-hmm. with what we do because we constantly have to put it out there and we get a lot of positive feedback which feeds my ego so <laughs> i love facebook but anyway that gives me the ability to reach out to other filmmakers and other people that mm-hmm. are in the special effects field so we can spread the word that way um of course and then i friend as many filmmakers as i can okay in the area i try not to push myself on them too hard but maybe send a message once in a while that says hey we're still here make sure you're posting enough stuff mm-hmm. about what you're doing so sure. they'll catch it right get them on my page so then we'll post something yeah. really cool and they yeah. can see what we do and then also just drop a note that says you know if you have anything coming up in the future we'd be more than happy to help you out with it or and that's and that's made a big difference mm-hmm. and then as far as facebook goes in the beginning you know it was just a social thing for me doing spreading the word on tattoo stuff and we'd got a film our first film feature or no our first short film i'm sorry and they were asking for things that we did not know how to do, like no clue what we were doing. But of course, I went to the meeting and I was like, yeah, whatever, I can do that. This is what we'll do. We'll do this, this. And I, I can say anything. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, the director wouldn't have known if I knew what I was talking about or not. And uh, so anyway, that was our first gig. And we were having such a good time on it. I talked to my partner. I said, let's, you know, let's get on Facebook and let's, you know, let's just promote what we're doing. Even if we're working on one thing today, let's say, you know, we're in the shop today, you know, casting ahead or casting a face. I said, let's just get on and we'll do something every day. Mm-hmm. You know, even let's, we, if we have to post sweeping up the shop after a huge day of plaster work, something like that. And so we made it look like, even though it was a short film and, and there weren't a lot of gags, but there were a few, we just made it look like we were swamped. Mm-hmm. And I, the idea was, you know, if we look like we're in demand and we're busy, other people will want to come to oh, us. Absolutely. And, get, and it worked. It was amazing. There was a flood, a flood of work came in. So... Awesome. That's how we just Definitely get the word out tool. there from Facebook. And then, of course, we set up a website. Yeah. You know, eventually we have to do that. And we're able to put some behind the scenes things mm-hmm. and some, some reels and stuff. And I did notice on your Facebook you had a uh, you had a chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> That's my baby right now. <laughs> God, I love that thing. It's a, you know, Ash chainsaw. Yeah, Evil dead sweet. chainsaw. <laughs> I've been, I'm in love with that thing. I'd sleep with it if I could. <laughs> That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, just found your Facebook page today, and I was like, awesome. Well, you're lucky. Because, <laughs> you're lucky. I, you put on there that you were apologizing for <laughs> having posted so many of them. I don't. I did. Absolutely. Here's the blade I just <laughs> built, so I take a picture of the blade. and <laughs> Here's the handle I built and put a picture of the handle. <laughs> <laughs> here's the finished product. I'm sorry that I keep posting pictures. Huh? Just means you're passionate about your work. It's I guess a good so. thing. It goes back to that feedback too, though. That people are like, "Oh, it looks amazing." It's like, "Yes, I know." <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So Halloween's coming up. What is. Uh, what is your plan? What are you? What are you? Uh, what are you doing for Halloween? I'm hiding out. Excellent. Is what I'm doing this year. <laughs> <laughs> Every year we're so swamped between what I do and my partner does, and and then there's two other people that work with at the company, and uh, we just get bombarded. Of, mm-hmm. You know, people wanting things done, and and it's fun, and and you quote them prices, and they freak out, and they don't want it, and then. That kind of that's kind of a, a bummer for us. It gets to be kind of old for us that that people want things but don't want to pay for it. Right. But then there's but still we're busy because people do want to pay for it. But this year I just thought, you know, Nebraska's coming up. Excuse me, Nebraska's coming up, and uh, I really want to focus on that and enjoy that this year. So I kind of been hiding out as far as makeup and things mm-hmm. go because we were so busy this this whole entire year that I really wanted to take a break. And as far as my partner goes, I don't know if she's doing any. I think maybe she has two or three that are coming up that she needs to work yeah. on for parties and things. But You guys do a little sideline, your own personal yeah. projects. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's no, you know, it's not, if she's doing something for uh, someone that she knows, you know, she doesn't have to come to the studio and do it or okay. or even put that money in the till. If you've done it on your own, just, you know. Just do it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, you're an artist. Do what you want to do with your, with your time and your money. And plus, Halloween's on a Friday this year, which is also the first day of NebraskaCon, but I'm going to be back home in McCook watching football, watching my boys play, so that was kind of a cool deal. There you go. So now that I have an excuse why I can't do your makeup this particular <laughs> But next year, I'm actually really looking forward to it. I went down to Junction City to see my friend Damien, who was just on Face Off, and... Uh, I went down to check out their haunt, and mm-hmm. he's doing all this awesome, crazy airbrush makeup and doing the appliances, and I was kind of like, hmm, kind of wish I was doing some appliances and makeup right now. Out <laughs> of <laughs> all these jobs I canceled. So I think next year I probably will do be they, ready to get back into it again. Do they hire out for, like, say, the haunted houses and stuff around? Do they hire out that, or do they have their own team? Do you have any idea about Yeah, I actually picked his brain quite a bit about it because it was just such an amazing haunted house, and the lines were so long for this little small town. Mm-hmm. You know, they put together such an amazing haunted house. And so I kind of picked his brain a little bit about it. And they have three tiers of, of uh, actors. Okay. And like there's a, they, they have auditions. And based on how well you do or, you know, what a great zombie you are or whatever pre- presence you have or your personality, you can actually be paid as a, as a performer. And then it goes like A, B, C, has a lot to do with your work schedule mm-hmm. when you can be there. But they actually pay them. And then the makeup artists, sure, they make, you know, they have to come in every day and, and do Get everybody's everybody makeup. Ready, so. so they make some money. I too. bet, yeah. That seems like it'd be a lot of work every day. Yeah, I think they start it. Well, yeah, they start at four and the doors open at seven thirty, and they're banging out. He said, you know, there's some days they're doing thirty or forty makeups in that time. Nice, that's so a lot. So it's assembly yeah. line style. Yeah. And you have a team. When you guys are doing a movie, do you have like a team, or is it just you and your partner? No, yeah, we have a team. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had people come and go as they move or their careers change and they don't have time anymore, but. You know, we have, we have a core, we have a core that we started with. And of course we still consider them part of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have free time, they're more than welcome to come, come work if they want to. But, you know, people go and we replace people. Are all makeup artists special effects type artists or do you have like more traditional makeup artists that come in and do a, stuff mm-hmm. as well? Yeah. Thank God my partner does beauty makeup. Okay. And then my girlfriend, uh, Megan, she does some modeling. So she's got a great grasp on beauty makeup and hair. Thank God. Because I have no clue. I can't. <laughs> there's been times I had to put eyeliner on a girl, and I'm just like, I can't do this. I can do it one way. I don't know how you girls do it on the other eye because your arm has to go the other direction or upside down or yeah, something. Yeah. Good God. My hand was shaking, and there's a squiggly black line on her eye. I don't want to touch anyone's eyeball. God, I, was a, I was a wreck. Scary. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different process. And then you got to make them look good and dead. 
simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I got to have I have makeup and hair girls because I don't have any. I can mess your hair up and mess your face up, but I can't. I can't make you look pretty. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can make you look dead, but not pretty. <laughs> what are you doing for Nebraska? This year for Nebraska, I will be Ash from Evil Dead. Hence the chainsaw. Oh, it's so great. Let's Do you talk have about your good ash and your bad ash ready? <laughs> good ash, bad yeah. ash. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's, yeah. No, we're doing That's Evil Army Dead of too. Darkness. Yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> I know what you meant, though. But I have my boomstick, and, I, and I've worked on my harness, and I have everything down to the pants and the shirt, and the I got it down. Nice. It might even be better than what was in the Evil Dead movie. Oh, yeah? Are you going to give yourself a, a big, a bigger, like, a... Uh, you know, jaw like a big chin, like a big uh, Bruce Campbell chin. <laughs> I might need to. <laughs> like make a caricature, you know, just like really blow it out of this proportion. That'd be sweet. That would be funny. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing for Nebraska. And then, of course, there's all the room parties, and you know, I'll be partaking in adult beverages and going to some of the panels and having a good time. I hope to drink with the bronies again. <laughs> Those, we all we all would like to do those that. Those bronies can party. <laughs> that was one of the funnest room parties I went to last year. Oh man. I learned a lot about bronies. I bet. They're nice guys. Where is Nebraska? On? Uh it's here in Omaha. It's going to be is it is it the Ramada now? It's Coco Keys, whatever that's whatever, Is it yeah. the same place that it, is it always there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a holiday inn. I don't, I don't know what it's it is. A holiday now. inn anymore. But yeah. It's on seventy second there, right off the interstate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's seventy second Grover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that's I encourage everybody to go. I went once, but I didn't dress up. It was interesting. It was it's fun. very interesting. Yeah. It's so fun. So are you going to be working or just walking around? Just enjoying yourself. Enjoying yeah. It? We, you know, my uh, my girlfriend and I have the uh, custom gas mask company, mm-hmm. and and we try to go to these cons because they have dances. Nebraska calls it a dance, but it's actually a rave. And so anything that's shiny or glows or flashes lights we we do pretty well at these cons but so you can have a table for well, the gas masks that's the thing we talked about and we're like you know we had so much fun at nebraska con last year and we didn't work we just enjoyed the whole thing mm-hmm. we're like let's just not have a booth and just, just enjoy fun. it yeah nice it sounds like you have enough business you know that you know it's not like you need to go sell gas masks no. you mm-hmm. can go have fun and enjoy yourself people yeah. will ask you where you got your awesome gas mask and you'll be like well here I what's you. megan gonna be if I you're ash it. she is a character from kingdom hearts oh so she's going to anime she is no root no that's not right that could be the wrong anime yeah i don't know kingdom hearts i've heard of it but i don't know the characters mm. or anything her cosplay is really cool though. she's worked really hard on it yeah so cool it'll be cool right on Anything else you've got coming up that? Let's see. There's a movie called Isabel that that's where the jaw tear comes from that I was talking about earlier. They've actually been working on that movie for about three years. Mm -hmm. And it's because they keep losing actresses and people move. And uh, the killer, I think, has changed three times. But she wears a mask, so, you know, and a red wig. So (laughs) they can just, as long as they're the same body type, they can just keep putting a new person. Um, They lost their effects artist, so. Uh, that particular person quit and the director was pissed off at him so we had to go back and reshoot and remake all those gags just he didn't want his name associated with the film at all so he was willing to repay a new artist to come in and reshoot everything wow so um they've done a they just did last week a rough cut and so they need to do a prologue that kind of explains what where the killer comes from Mm -hmm. so that's coming up that's going to be pretty intense special effects 
Uh, we have to shoot a lot of things that explain why the killer wears a mask because of the deformity that that came along from that. So there'll be that. Um, I'm sure that Dustin Ferguson, who did the demonic, what did I say it was demonic, demon dolls, demon dolls. I keep screwing that up. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm sure he'll have. He's cranking out a feature about every two months, so I'm sure we'll be working on some stuff with him. And are these movies that you can find that but be for like the film festivals that we do around here or do they have their own outlet yeah um his distributor does a lot of things with amazon okay streaming and things like that and then of course you can buy him dvd um they do some really cool retro stuff where they're releasing things on vhs no way that's really cool VHS. yeah it's got a, you know an old school box on it that the tape slides out and wow all those things you remember from the video store uh-huh. so that's kind of a cool little thing that they're doing to get their films out hmm. um we just shot two trailers for a show that's being shopped around. It's called The Demonic, which is basically, in its basic form, a Walking Dead, but uh, demons are demons. taking over the okay. world. So with a kind of a military uh, group of people that are trying to survive. and So that's being shopped around right now based on the trailer. So we're hoping something comes back on that pretty soon. Right on. So just there's always something. Okay. So you, like, you, so you make a trailer that's kind of much like for a movie that doesn't exist yet? Mm-hmm. And then people like, this could be a cool movie. Right. Let's make in, it. In this particular case, the, the guy came to uh, Nate. Uh, he owns uh, Nate. Colo- I never pronounce it right. I'm going to say Colombe, but I know that's not right. Anyway, I just call him Nate. Um, he has a company called Splitsville. And he owns it with uh, a couple of other guys. Uh, Mark Popejoy. I don't know. Maybe maybe anybody knows. Name is familiar. Yeah, he's a local actor, but he also uh, is part of this, uh, this Splitsville company. And uh, anyway, so uh, the director came to him, had this idea, and I think they had three three complete episodes written and said, okay, can you guys shoot me these three episodes and then I'll shop these three episodes around. But I'm not giving you any money. <laughs> You'll get your money when they get picked up. Oh, man, that's a gamble. So I get these three <laughs> scripts and they're just completely effects-laden with demons and demon makeup and prosthetics and... And Jeeps and Hummers and full militia guys and machine guns. And I thought, and they came and were like, we're all, we're so excited. We're going to pump these three episodes out. And I was like, you're not, you're not pumping them out with me involved because we have to pay for all these things somehow. And you don't have any money based on the film yet. He's not giving you, or the TV show, he's not giving you money. I said, why don't we just shoot a couple of really cool trailers mm-hmm. with maybe some bits and pieces of these three episodes. Maybe we can entice some people in that. So they went back to the the director of the uh, the guy with the idea, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's cool. Like, that's something I can shop around. Are these little, quick little, you know, twenty second trailers get people excited?" And so we were able to shoot those for, you know, almost nothing. Yeah. I think if we spent, gosh, if we spent a hundred dollars on these two trailers, that would be a miracle if it was that much. Because uh-huh. we had a lot of things already that we could put into it mm-hmm. that you know was fine. I didn't care to donate some, you know fake blood and some appliances that I had. And so those turned out really cool. They're very, very cool. Wow. Right on. And then whenever a movie, do you promote the movies once they come out on your Facebook page? Do you mm-hmm. say, hey, this one's ready. Go yeah. to Amazon, go to wherever and mm-hmm. download it. Yeah. And what's cool too about the area between Lincoln and Omaha is, is people are able to show their short films pretty easily. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of venues that are willing to show, you know, unless there's a lot of sex and rape and, you know, stuff like that it's a little harder to get those things in places yeah so we go to somebody's house and show it on the big screen tv but we always i always put those out you know mm-hmm. you know come drink a beer and check out this really cool right on 
and then you know promote what film fest they're going to be at or or horror fest or things okay. like that. So you have your Facebook page, mm-hmm. and you have your website for Wetworks, mm-hmm. and any other ways to stalk you uh those work out <laughs> about those work out about the best okay i'm one of those dummies that puts my actual phone number on my facebook page all right so you call me leave me, <laughs> leave me text messages tell there's me what no an way ass- that can go wrong tell me what an <laughs> asshole i am and arrogant prick but but no a lot of times that you know people send me a text say hey can you you know get a hold of me i got a film idea or something okay but facebook seems to work great i tried linkedin that's all right but everybody that wants to link in with me are people i already know on facebook so we're what's the point right yeah it doesn't i don't know yeah. So, but that seems to work fine. The Facebook bit. Okay, and what's the website again? Um, exactly. Again? Did you say <laughs> Did before? I say it already? But well, she said the name sort of, of. Uh, it, <laughs> the name of the company. It's actually wet work. It's all one word, obviously. It's wetworks. S. <laughs> let me think. S F X Studios dot com. There you go. It's a big long. Lots of S's. In it. <laughs> and your Facebook page is just. Just look at Benito Garcia. There There's also, you know, a, a one just for Wetworks, so you can go there okay. and look at some of the cool things that we're working on. Excellent. Yeah, so we post right. on there quite a bit. Very cool. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us. This was another episode of Project Artcast. My name is Janet Mills, and our guest was Benito Garcia. Okay, and then we also have Michael Peich. You can edit that oh, in. And uh, Michael Shookus is not with us today. <laughs> and Brandon's mic is... Um, Broken. It hates him. It's so angry. It's an angry it. mic. Brandon doesn't get to talk anymore today. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us yes. at Project Artcast. Thanks for letting me come aboard. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh, now I end with what they make me end with. Just always remember where you come from is gone. Where you thought you were going to weren't never there. And where you are ain't no good unless you can get away from it. Indeed. It's good. What you got to say to me?